just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekulder, the Louisville Real Estate Show, here with you till the top of the hour, joining us on a regular basis as they do, uh, and we love them for it. Chuck Crosby, who is the head honcho, the Kimosabi over at the Crosby Law Offices. You can reach Chuck on his phone anytime at 499-6360. Also here, Brad Lawler. Owner of Home Team Inspection Service, they come in as a team and they do a phenomenal job. They're ranked number one for Home Team Inspection seven years in a row and soon to be eight. And we thank him and you can reach him at 844-411-TEAM. And my son Greg, who's out of town uh, uh, this uh, Sunday, but you can reach me anytime. Greg does our marketing and photography. He asks me to remind everybody of that yes and he does a great job and you can uh, reach me bob sekuller anytime three seven six five four eight three that's three seven six five four eight three our uh, hearts and minds go out to those people in florida who were hit by hurricane ian and then following up the border up uh, through the coast I'm, i bring this up because i had an interesting personal experience i want to share with you my brother Corey, who moved, retired, moved down to Naples, who I just visited uh, a couple of weeks ago, has a generator at the house. He had, when he bought the house, it had a generator. Great. So he had it serviced every year. And, uh, and by the way, I have one as well, and I have it served. And if you have a generator, service it, folks. Uh, but when the power went out in Naples, his generator did not go on. He called the company that serviced the generator. They gave him a couple of instructions to reset. He went out, came back in the rain and all that. And it still didn't go on. So we called the company again. And sure enough, it went to voicemail. Mm. So he was out of luck. And he, he called me and I had an idea. And I called and I'm going to give a shameless plug to these people because they deserve it. Corrigan Electric. They were the ones who put my generator in. And they were nice enough to call Corey from here down there. They walked him through the steps of what he probably should do. And they, he tried it the first time. It didn't work. Second time. It, we had to recharge the battery. Apparently, the battery went bad mm. on the generator. He recharged it third time, did the trick, and he's, he's got power he, uh, because of it. So my thanks going out to uh, to Corrigan and the folks over there. Good stuff. Uh, also, uh, mind you, we also have a new sponsor on this show. It's rare that we have people move off the show, but we ch- kind of changed directions on one of our sponsors and so that opened up a room for aqualock jay craft and his yeah. crew joining us uh for you'll hear the commercials on there down the road he'll join us for once or twice uh, every couple of months to say hi but let's start with our um, our questions and we've got a doozy so uh, we're still in our zoom shows if you have a question simply email it to me that means uh, bob at we sell put in the, the subject line radio question then put the question in there and we start with um we, with Brad and Brad, we're we're going to not use the name because you and I talked about this. You actually emailed me about this that one of our listeners called to discuss thermal imaging. Yes, right. Remember, okay. Yes, Chuck, you're gonna, Chuck's going to love this and explain what happened and the, how that conversation took place. Yeah. So one of the listeners had heard uh, a conversation that we'd had about the use of infrared cameras and, you know, to create thermal images. And he called my office, uh, got a hold of me directly to discuss whether or not his neighbor could be using a thermal imaging camera to spy on him in his room. 
um, because he had heard the neighbors talking about the fact that they could see him laying in bed and wiggling his toes. So we walked through what, um, what might be happening. I, you know, the, a thermal imaging camera, an infrared camera really only measures temperature differences. So it's not seeing through walls. It just tells us whether or not there's a surface that's cooler. We usually use that to, to identify areas that are wet. Um, so I suggested that maybe rather than, um, he wanted to know how much aluminum foil he might need to use to block uh, those. Uh, yes, Chuck, that's correct. Um, how much laughing? That's why. We're much, serious uh, about this. Yeah. yeah. No. He and he wanted to know whether or not that the aluminum foil would block the uh, the vision of it. But I said, you know, maybe that's something a different type of camera, or they're mess just simply messing with them. So yeah. um, inter interesting phone call. But yeah, a thermal imaging camera can't see actually Cannot. into another room, right? Interesting. It, it's used to see what leaks for yeah. air or hot and cold spots yeah. in walls. So, yeah. yeah. So what it does is it just is it's an incredibly accurate thermometer and every pixel in the lens is a thermometer. So it just takes the differences in the temperature readings. And we know that when something is wet, there's an evaporative cooling effect that takes place. So anything that's wet, even though it may not even be visible to uh, it's going to cool the surface down. And that's what we're seeing, those cool areas. So whether it's water coming in, whether it's cold air coming in, whether it's hot air, you know, going out, those are the things that, you know, the infrared cameras are actually seeing. And kind of a plug for home team, do you guys do that as part of your inspection? So it's not a standard part of the inspection. All of our inspectors have infrared cameras. Um, we have a high-end camera that we use in commercial work, uh, as well as some very specific type of thermal imaging projects that we'll do in houses. But we will use them uh, in areas like under a shower uh, pan, you know, so a lot of those tend to leak. So we'll use, uh, we'll use the FLIRs, we'll use the infrared cameras to look underneath those areas. But there's really, I know some of the home inspectors in town, they do this, this full scan. Um, we've gone through training. We're all certified, either level one infrared or certified residential thermographers. So we're using the cameras properly in a trained fashion in the areas where, you know, moisture may be evident, where we're using other tools like moisture meters to determine whether or not, you know, things are actually wet. So it's just another tool. It's not, there's no real magic to infrared, but mm -hmm. um, it's, gotcha. it's just another tool in the bag. All right, we move over to Chuck Crosby. Yes, Greg, that Chuck. I'm going to beg to differ that there's no magic involved. Uh, I've seen enough of these ghost hunting shows to know that that right there is how you find ghosts. Exactly. I see, and, and, and Chuck, I thought it was EMF. I thought it was the EMF detectors that were, were finding well, the ghosts. Their item, but they've all got those little, you know, infrared cameras set up. Ooh, did you see that? Now that would now we would look for Bigfoot with the infrared camera. Ah, oh, there you boy. go. We, yeah. We've digressed. Listen, next week, just so you know, on this show, an interesting question from a listener who does not like Halloween and wants to know how kids she can stop kids from trick or treating with. That's next week. Ooh. But question right now for you, Chuck, comes from Cynthia, who is the owner of a rental home. And when I saw this come in, I said, oh, this is right up Chuck's alley. She writes in that she's planning on selling her home and then notified her renter that an agent will want to show the home, but the renter refused, saying, uh -huh. no, I do not want uh, a, a, anybody coming in my home. So let's start there. There's a follow-up. So what would you suggest? Because this may happen to a lot of our listeners who own rental properties when it comes time to sell. It does happen. Um, a landlord has the right to go into a rental unit uh, with 48 hours notice, 
or an emergency. So if a pipe bursts, you can run right in there and fix the pipe, obviously. Uh, but otherwise, uh, you have to give them 48 hours notice. If they refuse that's a violation of the Landlord-Tenant Act, a uh, violation of the lease. Then you can use that to set out the 14-day letter to say, hey, you're in violation. Come into compliance within 14 days. If you don't, then we're going to cancel the lease, evict you, all that kind of good stuff. So this, the follow-up on this is that Cynthia says that the renter is on a month-to-month. Mm-hmm. The lease expired. So referring back to you, your comment about a lease – can she still enforce this? Uh, the lease, whether you're a holdover or not, okay, uh, just because it's a month-to-month lease and it goes over the next month, they're still there. As long as they're there, they're bound by these terms, okay? And it's not a, a term in the lease per se. It's part of the Landlord-Tenant Act. I mean, it. It, it's right there. All right. Uh, so this takes us to the heart of the question that she said, because this was all the, the, the lead-up to Chuck's. Yeah final part of this question so she's filed for an eviction and has an upcoming court date right she's wondering what will the judge's options be she's trying to get a handle on what she's going to be facing when they go before a judge well hopefully she got an attorney to do that um so she you know just needs to defer that question to them but a judge in the general uh case can look at it and go you win you lose or something in the middle a judge gets to do whatever they want and if it's wrong you get to appeal it um so uh in a case like that though where it's a clear violation uh i can't imagine a judge not saying hey you know landlord wins it just and does then is there a 30-day period for the renter to get out or is it just immediate then they have uh seven days to get out if they don't get out right that's the appeals period out of uh district court uh so they have uh, seven days to appeal the uh uh the ruling if they appeal then it drags out longer. However, if they don't appeal, and most don't because you have to pay in a certain amount of rent and all that kind of stuff uh, to appeal. Um, If uh, they don't appeal, then um, on the seventh day, on the eighth day, you can go and get a a writ of possession, which gets sent over to the sheriff. And then the sheriff goes out and physically puts them out. Uh, Is there a delay on that real quickly? Yeah, there's a um last time i did it uh, of course that was in covid there was a yeah. length day. uh but now i would imagine the sheriff gets around to it in a couple of weeks got it all right we move over to brent and brent you're gonna love this because there's some technology eventually that's involved in this question chuck you may want to really jot this down so timothy wrote in he lives in an older section of louisville the water pressure inside his house is not good he says he's planning on selling it and he's not sure that the water pressure will become a problem during the home inspection, but he's concerned about it. So what are his options? Can he call the water company and say, hey, I'm not getting enough water? So he can, uh, and I believe that they will come out and check those those pressures. However, he can also check with a plumber because the plumber can check the uh, the pressure regulator valve uh, coming into the house, uh, and what, and they'll be able to tell at the point that it's going into the house, you know, what those pressure levels are and whether or not they can they can turn that up a little bit. Um, you know, some areas of of the city just have, depending on where you are. You know, it, your pressure, you know, a block down the, the road may be 
you know, a lot better than your house. And a lot of it has to do with just the volume of water that's able to flow through those pipes. So older parts of town, yeah, there's some restrictions um, in those pipes because of mineral buildup and they don't get enough volume. And that's really what's causing what, what seems to be a low pressure um, condition. If, you know, for the home inspector, what we're looking for is whether or not um, all of those, you know, sinks are running, all, I mean, all the faucets are running. Uh, we're going to see whether or not the, the toilet tanks are filling up. Um, it's, 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 um, it's a subjective measure uh, for us. I mean, we will report if it, if it appears to be low pressure. We do have, you know, pressure uh, gauges that we can put onto a spigot just to yeah. see, but it doesn't give you a real accurate reading. It just gives you a rough idea of what's going on. So really, we're just looking to see whether or not everything functions correctly. But yeah, home inspectors are going to pressure test that system. We're going we're gonna to use a lot of water all at once and kind of see what happens. We've had the houses that, you know, we, you've got the sink running, and then as soon as you turn the shower on, the water in the sink just, you know, goes to a trickle, uh, which is going to give us an idea that, you know, there's some you know, low pressure situation, but that's a plumber can, you know, address those things. Uh, that would be my, actually my first call. But a plumber will cost us money as a plumber homeowner, will, but the water yeah. company, will they charge the, the, the water? The water company is really only going to check it to the meter though. That's yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the problem is they're only going to get it to the meter and from the meter beyond it's, it's the homeowners, you know, issue anyway. So a lot of times those become fruitless calls because they'll just come out and say, yep, pressure's great. And, you know, then it's left to the, uh, the homeowner to figure out where the problem may be. So where this takes an interesting turn, I was at a house this week, uh, this past week, and um, they had something that they showed me that I went crazy over because I love this idea. So uh, for those of you who follow the show, Brad, and sometimes Chuck, we love things like monitoring radon levels. You can get by things or water to make sure there's no water penetration that alerts your phone. Um, and this guy pulls out in front of me his phone and he checks the radon level and I go, well, wait a second. I have the same thing. Mm -hmm. So we were loving. And then he goes, well, I got something maybe you don't have. And it's called. And so I'm going to read this to you. P H Y N. And I haven't looked it up yet. I took a picture Mm -hmm. of it so I could talk about it and you put it in line. Chuck, this is really good because you'll and anybody listening who is a kind of likes to watch the levels of things in their house. This goes in line as the water comes into your uh, home and yep. it notifies, it gives you the pr- water pressure. And if what, what appliance is running, I don't know how it knows what appliance you have to kind of tag it. And then if something's happened, like there's a leak, it notifies you via text and I guess email that you've got a problem at your home with a leak. I'd love it, but it's like 300 bucks and that's yeah, not installed. Did, Bob, did it have a valve in it? Yeah, chance? it has. I, I don't know. Could you, I, I mean, could you turn, could you, cause I would imagine it's something that goes in line cause it's just checking to see whether or not there's flow through there. I wonder if there's a way to shut it off. If I listen, I, I'm, I'll look he, it up. he went ahead and he put this in himself and there's a lot of pecs. Cause he's a, he's a handy guy, this guy. Yeah. But uh, I'm just saying, I saw this, I fell in love with, it. I go, Oh yeah, I got to look into that. All right. Yeah. We're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, the question that we are wondering, should you renovate your home? before you put it on the market, plus more of your questions. With us, of course, Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices. They do a great job, 499-6360, in getting your loan closed. In fact, I was over, a bunch of my team was over at Chuck's office a number of times this week. He was probably getting tired of seeing all of our people. Also, Brad Lauder, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 844-411-TEAM. 
And you can reach me, Bob Sikoler, anytime to come out and help you. 376-5483. That's to help you list with no charge, no obligation to have a consult. Uh, I do this and I love it. And it just to meet would be great. 376-5483. We're back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. I'm Chuck Crosby, a real estate attorney here in Louisville with Crosby Law Offices. I've been practicing real estate law, fixing problems, and helping people for over 22 years. So if you're a buyer looking for advice, information, or professional closing services, call me. If you're a property owner, real estate professional, you have a problem, you just can't fix it, call me. If you're a landlord and you're having problems with your tenants, call me. Again, I'm Chuck Crosby with Crosby Law Offices. You can reach me at 499-6360. This has been a paid advertisement. Hi, I'm Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service, Kentuckiana's largest inspection company and the number one home team inspection service in the nation. Our unique team approach makes us fast. Multiple inspectors means efficiency. Our teams of dedicated professionals, including many veterans, are trusted. We perform thousands of home inspections in Louisville and Southern Indiana each year. We're accurate. The team approach means multiple sets of eyes and overlapping duties. Fast, trusted, accurate. That's your home team advantage. You probably don't think you spend much time in your home's nasty crawl space, but you really do. That moldy air passes right through your floors and into your family's living area, causing allergies and more. Let Aqualock remove the mold and debris, disinfect your crawl space, and install an airtight barrier, giving you back a healthy home environment with clean, fresh air. It'll even pay for itself in 10 years with utility savings, and your floors will feel warmer in the winter. Call Aqualock today for your free inspection. 495-9450. People often think that real estate agents market and sell the same way, but they don't. I'm Barbara Corcoran and I've worked with the best agents throughout the country. Having a local real estate agent who offers great marketing and options to fit your needs is smart. In Louisville, the agents I trust and you should hire are Bob and Greg Sokola. If I were selling in Louisville, Bob and Greg would be my guys. You deserve the best there is. Bob and Greg, go to WeSellLouisville.com. News Radio 840 WHA is back with the Louisville Real Estate Show till the top of the hour. And we thank uh, Jay Kraft, our new sponsor, one of our new ones with Aqualock, for joining us. Also, Barbara Corcoran for being a mentor and a friend. Who we did our, Greg and I flew up there to do the commercial with her a while ago. Continuing with us, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. They come in as a team, 844-411-TEAM. Also, Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices. They also do a phenomenal job getting the loan closed, but Chuck does other things, including wills and a variety of other things. And you can reach him at 499-6360. And you can reach me, Bob Sikola, anytime to help you with getting your home on the market, coming up with a plan. You can call me at 376-5483. All right. Should you renovate before putting your home on the market? And listen, folks, I get this question a lot. You want to, if you do, and let's let's put it this way, there's a big difference between renovating a home and updating it. The former, renovating, involves a more dramatic execution, knocking down walls or retiling an entire bathroom. Updating is just making cosmetic changes, such as painting a kitchen or replacing a light fixture. Renovating is obviously much more expensive, and you will not get much, much of that money back. Maybe 50%, 60% you'll get back, and at rare occasion, 80% of what you put in. But just simply doing the painting and freshening up uh, is important, that it looks good to an eye of a buyer. 
So keep everything neutral, prioritize kitchen and bathroom updates before you do anything. If the carpet has stains in it, uh, it's time to try to get clean by one of the better cleaning services or think about replacing the carpet. So that kind of the rundown of what you need to think about, I would tell you that it's important to make the home look good, especially as the market slows in the wintertime. All right. We go back to the questions, and this is for Chuck. Jimmy heard our show, and we talked last week uh, about setting aside a sale because someone did not disclose a problem with the home in case you missed it. So he sent us this email, and I, I, you'll find out, I think Jimmy changed his name. He says, I may have sold a home in the past several years and did not disclose a home problem. Reading between the lines there, Chuck, mm-hmm. doesn't need a magnifying glass. He says, how long does the buyer have to come after a seller who did not disclose something? And how does setting aside a sale work if he's already bought another home and has a mortgage on it? Interesting question. Okay. Sounds like there's a couple of pieces. First off, uh, if we're discussing uh, you knew that there was a problem and you specifically kept it off to sell it, that could also be fraud. Uh, And fraud will keep things uh, going for a little bit longer than a statute of limitations. Obviously, statute of limitations starts when you knew or reasonably should have known of the issue. If you've hidden that by fraud, uh, yeah, that's don't even worry about statute of limitations. It isn't going to pass for a while. Um, so that's the first part of it. What's what's the action look like? Yeah. You sue some damages generally. And um, if there's no way to uh, calculate a monetary damages, because the court, the court doesn't like things like hypothetical damages, uh, where you can't say, here's a bill for fixing this. Hypothetical damages are a TV thing. You know, the whole, oh, I've had my house off the market for however long. That's hypothetical. Uh, they want to see real damages. If the real damage is the property is unusable because uh, the scenario that we were talking about last week uh, was, I believe, flooding. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of it flooded uh, the property that I was looking at. Also, um, not mentioning that there was an easement in process or something like that. Sign the paperwork with the government to get an easement. Closing happens before it actually goes to record. No real notice, that kind of thing. Um, that if there's no real damage to say, okay, this money will make you whole, well, then they can set aside the sale. It's kind of rare, but it can happen. Um, and the last part, how long should he duck? Uh, man, this is, that's a moral, that's a moral question. Uh, as I view morality, you need to, you know, get up and go fix the problem now, uh, and, and deal with it. But, uh, uh, of course, morality and and laws are not always the same thing. Um, but, uh, in any event, even if, if the person, I think he was asking if the person sold the property, um, and then discovered the issue, can they come back after buying a different house with a different mortgage? Well, possibly, uh, it all works like dominoes. Uh, if a sells to B and then B sells to C, well, C finds the problem comes back against B, B then has standing to go back against A. Uh, That's, you know. I will tell you, on top of all these layers that you've just mentioned, Chuck, the thought that this guy, Jimmy, is losing sleep thinking about this. Folks, this, this, and, 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 yeah. 
I, I, you, you agree. This everybody shaking yeah. their head. Yeah. Yeah. Just make it right. Yeah. Do the right thing. All right. We go back over to Brad. Diane writes that she is planning on selling her home. By the way, I've never heard this problem before, Brad. So this is a fascinating. And um, Diane has a problem with her bathrooms. None of them have electrical outlets. And she's wondering, is there something that says she has to have an electrical outlet in a bathroom um, when she sells her home? This, this is fascinating. Yeah, I, we see that every once in a while. I mean, there's, I'm not aware of any situation that would require uh, that. I mean, certainly we've been in older homes that, you know, you've got an extension cord, you know, in, a, in the one hallway plug, you know, that's going into uh, the bathroom to power, you know, blow dryers or whatever else is in there. But yeah, I, the other thing is, is that sometimes in those older homes, there was an outlet that was connected to the light fixture. And when the light fixtures were replaced, they didn't oh. replace the the that outlet uh in the light fixture so yeah i don't <clears throat> and i don't know of a specific um you know requirement I, I think that you know from a modern standpoint i mean there's an expectation it would be there but yeah we have seen we have seen a few that are they're set up like that so it would be detrimental from a real estate agent's perspective mine yeah. that not having a an electrical outlet in your bathroom could if a buyer realizes it um and or I take it you would write this up with the home inspector. Yeah, the, the home inspector would report that there are no outlets yeah. in the in the bathroom. So yes. that could hurt the sale of the home. So I think taking a cue from what Brad just said that there might be the reason was because there was a plug in the original outlet. That maybe you bring in a licensed electrician. Don't do it yourself. A licensed electrician to put an outlet in that's GFCI protected. We know that's yes. important because it's within six feet of a water source. And I take it if you saw an extension cord running from a hallway into the bathroom, that would be a real, even bigger yeah. problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. That well, it's <clears throat> it's certainly a workaround. Um, you know, it's not yeah. ideal. But yeah. I was also going to say, Bob, there is a yeah. way to mark this in a positive fashion. Okay, let's take it. This bathroom is guaranteed not to give you an electrical shock while you take your shower. <laughs> but but can you guarantee it? Because we don't know where those wires might not have been uh, capped off properly. Like what happened to one of my inspectors here a couple weeks ago. He goes into a vacant house. He ducks under a, a set of ductwork in the basement. When he pops back up, he hits a live 20-amp wire. Oh. Uh, in the side of his head, uh, locked his jaw up for a little while. There were 30 open splices and bare wires in that basement. Goodness. So, Whoa. Yeah. And yeah. I take it he's okay? He's okay. He's fine. It was, uh, it was a bit of a uh, uh, shocking experience, rather painful <laughs> having his – yeah, sorry, Chuck, not, not trying to make it funny there. Oh. But having your jaw locked up for about 20 minutes after that uh, – after that zap was, that's the part that hurt him the most. That ache oh. for a couple of days. Oh, God. Well, we wish him the best on getting over that. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure next time he tries, it goes into the crawl space uh, or basement, he'll be looking. Well, this, yeah, well, yeah. well absolutely. And, but we were just thinking about the fact that how many people walk through that house, you know, looking at it. Because we yes. were doing the inspection uh, for a buyer that had it under contract. So. That's okay. a scary part. That, that is scary. A lot of firsts on this show. All right. I think, uh, Chuck, you've got the final question here. Daniel writes in, he says he bought a property in a tax sale. There is no mortgage, but he's wondering, does he have to pay a transfer tax? You're the guy to talk about that. No transfer tax on a commissioner's deed. Easy. That's an easy answer. Harris 142050. Oh, wow. you, you're really impressing us. That's hey. 
That amazing, Chuck. Nice, nicely done. You and that's why, that? ladies and gentlemen, that is why when you want to hire a closing attorney, you could not find a better or more knowledgeable guy than Chuck Crosby. And you can reach Chuck. And by the way, he also has great, as I can tell you from a variety of people, he also has great recipes and banter. Uh, and literally asks, are there any other questions? Ask him about the creation of the universe. So mm. that's what I like to do when that's I okay. Yeah, you can reach Chuck at 499-6360. And Brad Lawler, who is a, a great guy as well, as you can tell, very knowledgeable, home team inspection service. And you can reach Brad and his team at 844-411-TEAM. And if you are thinking of selling we have a free no-obligation booklet. It has got 150-plus tips and facts, and all you got to do just to send me an email, bob at com. put in the subject line, home tips, and then I will send it out to you. And again, it's free, no obligation. And if you're thinking you want to sell either this year or next year, very simple, very easily, uh, just call me. You can go call me at 376-5483 or send me an email or go to, uh, this is, you'll love this URL, it's bobsellmyhome.com. That simple, that easy. All right. We are out of time. Thank you all for uh, spending this uh, time with us. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Brad. We'll, we'll see you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAN.